Welcome to Bluegrass Stories with Katie Daly and me. I'm Howard Parker. Here are some award facts for you. Rhonda Vincent and her band The Rage are the most awarded band in bluegrass history. To this date, they've won one Grammy, 19 IBMA awards, including Entertainer of the Year, and for Rhonda, Female Vocalist of the Year, consecutively between 2000 and 2006. Plus 89, that's 8-9, Spigma Awards. But Rhonda's biggest night of all came on February 28, 2020, when she was invited to become member 222 of the Grand Ole Opry. Her induction ceremony has been postponed to the coronavirus pandemic, but you can still hear the excitement in her voice when she talked to Katie Daly six weeks later. Rhonda, I am so thrilled to get a chance to congratulate you for your invitation to become a member of the Grand Old Opry, and all of that happened Friday, February 28th. Tell us all about it. Oh, my goodness. You talk about the shock of a lifetime. You know, I had, had pretty much came to terms with and at peace with uh, getting to do the Opry uh, quite often, but not being a member. And, so, and I had, in the past uh, year, I guess, I recorded a song called uh, Like I Could and become friends through, I guess, even closer friends through the course of getting that song and recording it. It became a number one bluegrass song, uh, getting to know Jeannie Seely. And so when, when we were going to be on the Opry on the 28th, well, she had, um, of course, we were going to sing her song. And she says, well, I'm going to come out and talk to you. I want to ask you about the album after you finish. So when she came out to ask about that album, when I was going to get it done, it, it never, people say, did you have any idea? I had absolutely not a clue. I was stunned. And if you notice, uh, I asked her, if you, if you see that, the replay of that, I said, are you serious? Because I was, <laughs> I was afraid that I misheard what she had said. I, I just, it was like I was dreaming or something. And, and she finally said, well, is that a yes? And it's like 100% <laughs> it's a yes. Because I'm, I wasn't still sure that that, and she was kind of stumbling around. She became very emotional because um, she said that's one of the thrilling parts of being an Opry member is when you get to ask someone else to be a member. So I was, I was, Stunned, shocked, and so thrilled. I am so honored, and I'm so excited. You know, the, the uh, induction was supposed to have been on March the 24th, 2020. Uh, it's now delayed, and, and you know what? It's okay. I'm just thrilled that I get to be an Opry member. Opry member number uh, 222. So uh, whenever two, whenever two, three, happens, two, huh? 222. Two. Oh, well, it I'll doesn't matter... It, 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 that uh, it's been on hold a little bit. It gives us more time to anticipate how great it's going to be when the induction happens. You know, that's true. That is very true. And they said, and they sent me a letter soon after this, they shut everything down. And, and uh, they, Dan Rogers, the uh, director there, he said not to worry. When this all, when we're back, we're open, we're going to do a big blowout. It's going to be amazing. So I'm very excited. Okay, and I understand they ask you what kind of cake you want, and you, your mind went blank, so you asked a little girl. Yeah, well, that's what she was there, and she goes, I want to be there if there's cake. 
induction because I'm having cake. I said, well, what kind would you like? And she said, chocolate. And I said, well, chocolate it is. <laughs> well, that's, you know, uh, people might not realize uh, what it, the requirements are to be a member of the Grand Old Opry. Are you familiar with what they are? Well, I, I wasn't given any specific requirements, and I talked to Gene Watson several times, and I said, well, what are the, you know, what are the particulars, what are the, and he said he wasn't really given any either, except for he was asked, the first thing he was asked is what kind of cake he liked. And so, okay. um, well, it's then I've been to the Grand, I've, I've been to the Grand Old Opry website, and let me read this to you from that oh, website. Oh, my goodness. Are there requirements? Receiving yes, an invitation. That. Receiving an invitation to join the Grand Old Opry is not easy or predictable. Of course, factors such as radio airplay, music sales, and touring success are all considered, but it's not just about who is the biggest star or the most successful artist. The Opry's management team, which makes all definitive decisions as to membership, looks just as much for musical and generational balance as they do for career success. Becoming a Grand Old Opry member often starts with a nomination from an artist who is already a member, and the consistency and commitment of a performer to the Opry is strongly considered. Ultimately, Aww. induction into the Grand Old Opry is about relationships. Relationships to country music, to fellow artists, to country fans, and to the essence of the Opry itself. Wow, then I've got, that's not a problem for me. I grew up listening to the Grand Ole Opry before, I'm sure my mother was listening to it uh, before I was even born. And uh, my family, we were totally dedicated to WSM uh, and, and listening to the Opry every Saturday night. So uh, I have a, a tremendous love and respect for the Opry and honor, and, and I am just ever more excited and honored to be a part of it. Well, I also have to point out that your relationship to fans, uh, no one can touch you when it comes to that. How many times Aww. have people remarked to me, well, Rhonda, two hours later, was standing out there, even in the rain, waiting for the very last person to give them an autograph. I've heard that well, so many times, Rhonda. <laughs> That's the funny thing. When we were talking about my induction night, I had suggested, and this was right at the, just right before they had shut everything down. The Opry was still going. It was almost the week of, of that. I think they're probably their last Opry show. And we were talking about, we had a conference call. What, and I said, I would like to do a pre-party on the Opry Plaza where I get to greet everyone as they're coming in that night and oh. shake hands. And they said, you are the only one on the planet right now that would even think about shaking hands and, and having any personal contact with people. So <laughs> they probably did me a favor because I would have been standing on the Opera Plaza shaking hands and hugging everyone as they came in that night. Well, once we get through this uh, uh, virus problem, then, you know, maybe that can come true for you. I still hope that we can do that. That is my, my dream. I would love to do that. So, and, you know, a lot of things we were planning, and, like, my mother wasn't going to be able to be at the induction and, and so many things. It's almost like this was meant to be because so many people couldn't be there. Uh, Dana mm -hmm. Williams with Diamond Rio, we're friends, and he goes, oh, I can't believe, he said, of all the times that I cannot be here for this. And so he, one of the first calls uh, when they shut everything down, he goes, I'm going to get to be at your induction. I just know it. So it's, uh, it's now, amazing how this works. God always has the perfect plan. 
Do you know what songs you might perform that night? See, I had a brand new song that we were going to debut, uh, our new single and everything. Mm -hmm. We were on course to do that. That is another thing. Uh, The single didn't get completed. In fact, I was trying to find a studio near my home that I could go in and, and, and complete it so we could debut it on there. And then I was torn. It's like, do we go ahead and release it? Do we? It's like, no, we're going to save this very special song for my debut. Whenever that is, I think we're going to wait and we'll debut a brand new song. Uh, and we were already planning on that. We had recorded it just a week late or a week earlier in Las Vegas. So another very special thing. We'd never recorded out there before. Got to record with my band, and it was just a special time. Now, uh, did anyone know in your family that this was going to happen? Did the Opry call them and say, hey, you better tune in tonight? Or did the band know? Because I kept looking in the video. I kept looking at Mickey's face to see if he looked surprised or not. They had no idea. They didn't tell anyone. I think uh, Jeannie Seeley only knew a few days before, and she said she had to keep it a secret, and she did. Man, you can – it was one of those things where – there was not a single leak anywhere. Everyone, anyone who knew, which was not very many people, I think there was only three or four people that knew. Um, my, uh-huh. my mom and, and my husband, literally when I walked on stage to perform, they called my husband and said, are you listening to the Opry? And he was listening. So he said, yes, I am. I said, well, make sure that you're listening tonight. So that was his only heads up. But I, there's no way he could tell me because I was already on stage. My mother was at a jam. She was on stage playing, and the Opry called her, and she just thought it was a telemarketer or a scam, one of those scam calls, and she <laughs> turned it off. And so my daughter, Tinsel, called her to try. Because they had, they had, in the meantime, she had got a, a call to say, are you listening? And so she said, hey, you need to turn on the – she even turned that off. She was playing. She wasn't worried about it. No idea. <laughs> well, that, it's, it's just amazing. I, one of the most wonderful pictures, the most joyous picture I've seen is you're standing on the stage, you've got uh, uh, flowers in one hand, both your arms are open <laughs> wide, you're looking up to heaven, uh, your dress was beautiful. Uh, it really was, uh, if you're, they're looking for the definition of joy, they got to put that picture in the, in the dictionary, I think. Oh, you got me, you gave me chills. You're, you're so right. It was, I was, I was thanking God. It's like, thank you so much. And, and here's the crazy thing too. The people who brought me roses are from Kentucky. She said that they, right before they came to the Opry, they had this, this feeling about that. And that's why they stopped and got the roses. It's like, how in the world would you have known? Because they drove in. And you know, someone else that also had that feeling was Jim Ed Brown's wife, Becky Brown. She mm-hmm. says she never comes to the Opry, but she called over and had this, somehow, something came over her, and she goes, she told her daughter, Kim, she said, I need to be at the Opry tonight. I think they're going to ask Ron to be, to be a member. It's like, how in the world would you have known something like this? But she said, there, several people later told me that they had this premonition that that was going to happen. So that's crazy. That's just crazy to me, but I'm just, it's amazing. Well, uh, let me ask you, what will your uh, duties be as a member of the Opry? Do you have to be there so many times a year, or, or how does that all work out? Uh, well, I think that no one has given me any, any specific criteria like that. I know that has always <clears throat> been a part of it. I mean, I'm sure the criteria isn't what it used to be. I know 
well, Gene Watson, for instance, who is, he is the newest member right now before me at number 221. And he said they didn't really give him any specifics, but years ago he was invited because some people were talking about how I can't believe he wasn't already a member. Well, what they don't know is he was invited to be a member back in his heyday, and he, there was a certain amount of dates that you had to give up in order to be at the Opry. He lived in Texas, and he just he could, said he couldn't do it. So he had mm-hmm. to uh, decline the invitation before. And I know a lot of people. And, you know, Kitty Wells, I was reading this. Kitty Wells' membership was suspended because they were on the road so much. See, I think she should be reinstated, you know, as, as that she was an Opry member. Because, I guess she was an Opry member at some point. But to have your membership suspended because you couldn't be there. So believe me, that's not going to be the case with me. Even when I, before, when, if I just happened to be in Nashville unexpectedly, I would always uh, send an email to the Opry and let them know, I'm in town if you need anybody. And you would not believe the times that someone got sick or someone had to cancel and they would call me and I would get to go over and be on the Opry unexpectedly in, to, uh, to help, help out whenever they had a need. Well, there you go. That's where you fit into that requirement there. <laughs> so they probably well, you know, know re- asking a requirement. They probably know that was not a problem for me. Right. And Monroe, he used to have to race home from a lot of his jobs to be there on a Saturday night. Right. Absolutely. You know, there's a mm. lot of people who do that. So uh, when did you start your first appearance with the Grand Old Opera? You were just a kid, weren't you? You know, with your family we band? The, well, our, I believe our very first appearance on the Opry came, and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I think I was a teenager. I don't know the exact date and time, but we need to look this up. Um, we, it was one of those life lessons. We were performing at Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. Uh, we were staff, uh, staff musicians. We punched a time card. We played five one-hour shows each day, Monday through Friday, uh, starting at 8 a.m., uh, on Friday nights, we would drive to a festival and play there Saturday, Sunday, drive back Sunday night to go to work, playing again on Monday morning at 8 a.m. Anyway, this particular day there, so it's just the, you know, it's the repetition and constant. It's, it's pouring down rain on this p- particular day, absolute downpour. There is not a single person in the audience. And Darren and I are like, Dad, let's just wait. You know, a lot of bands would just sit there and wait till the rain passed before they would play because nobody's listening. And uh, my dad said, no, these, these people are paying us to play, and that's what we're going to do. So I don't care. There wasn't a soul listening as far as we knew, and we played our five one-hour shows in the absolute pouring down rain. And the very next week, we got a call from Hal Durham, or my dad did. Uh, his name is Hal Durham. He was the general manager of the Grand Ole Opry. He said, Mr. Vincent, I would like to invite your family to come play at the Grand Ole Opry. We had just met Charlie Leuven, and my dad thought that Charlie had recommended this. So he, he said, well, we want to thank Charlie Leuven for, for recommending us to be on the Opry. Well, Mr. Durham said, Charlie Leuven had nothing to do with this. And my dad said, well, then how did you know about my family? He said, last week, um, while, while your family was out playing in the pouring rain, my family was around the corner listening. Wow. I found out that it, you never know who's listening, and you should always 
always do your best no matter what. That was a very pivotal moment in our lifetime. We found ourselves the next week uh, on a Saturday night, we were on the Grand Ole Opry. So I believe that's probably the very first time we have performed there. I also performed now, uh, I also performed with Jim Ed Brown. 1985, April of 1985, I did the show, You Can Be a Star, and he hired me on the spot. Two weeks later, I'm in Nashville. Our first, my first performance with him, with him was on the Grand Ole Opry. He was the host, and he did the first song, introduced the next artist, turns to me and said, you're going to do the next song. What, what are you going to do? And so I know that was probably as a solo, just by myself, not with my family. That would have been my first time by myself. But I believe my family and I have performed on there before that. Okay. And that would have been the Sally Mountain Show. The Sally Mountain Show. Yes. You're absolutely right. You you never know who's watching or who's listening to something you do or and how that either pays off well or comes back to bite you. Yeah, it can. Yes, it can. And, you know, my daughters, they were in, um, they went to East Tennessee State University to have a wonderful program called the Bluegrass Old Time and Country Music, and they both got a minor uh, in that, a minor in, in that, that program, in that degree. And, well, what they, what they do there is every semester they change the band that you're playing in. They throw, they randomly, or not, probably not randomly, but they put together, you know, a singer, a player, all of the pieces for a band. So there's, I don't know, there's probably 20, 30 different bands, and they switch them out. And so Sally's first year, she got with these amazing musicians in the program, man, and they were called, we were sponsored by Martha White at the time, and I think this is why they named their band this, but they were called Hot Biscuits and Jam. And mm-hmm. she loved that band, and it was, they were so good. They had harmonies. They had everything. And so the next semester, she got in a band that no one could sing harmony. The musicianship wasn't as good. And she would call me and, Mom, I'm going to call. I want to be, you know, I don't like this band, this group. But what it taught them, I said, Sally, you can always learn something good to do or something bad to do. You know, you don't know. You can learn something in everything that you do. And I think that's why, and number one, you have to learn to get along with people because wherever you work, whatever you do, you know, whether it's in church, whether it's your neighbor, you've got to learn to get to, get, how do you get along in the different dynamics. And I think that's why they do that because they're putting different people together, different personalities together, different you know, levels of musicianship. And that's just one example of, I think, you need to always do your best and always act your best. You know, she had a terrible attitude on the second band because of that. But it, you know what it taught her was to make the most of what you have. Well, you know, Rhonda, that is so wise because uh, when I talk to other musicians, I always, it's not that they argue about the music, it's they argue in the band ride between the shows. And that's, that's what right, breaks yeah. up you, bands. <laughs> Well, that's where you spend the most time. And, you know, when you get somebody else involved, I've, I, I'm interested a lot of times when I've had musicians and, and their wife wants to get involved or their, you know, I've not had their spouse. And, and to me, it's better. I have been in turn need to watch that. I, Herb helps me. He books me. But there's some things that you, you have to find that the boundaries and the balance for that and not have someone else. They, they come in. Well, if you look, look at all the greatest groups in history. Look at the Beatles. And usually there was a spouse or something else came into play that, that kind of messed things up, or it seems like it anyway. Right. 
Interesting. Well, I don't know how you have the stamina to sit out there and greet all your friends but you and fans, <laughs> but well actually I, I meant to say fans and I said friends, but that's what they how they feel about you. They, you know, that's I don't a, like really the word fans so much. They are my friends. They are friends and they're supporters and I appreciate them so much and, and because we sign we get to know them and, and I know them personally and I, I because of my Facebook page, um, you know, I, I get to visit with them almost every day. You know, there's some people that send a, a note every day, some people throughout, you know, periodically, but I love that we get to stay in touch that way and they support us from that. Right. Well, you've, you've earned every honor you've ever gotten. Thank you so much. Uh, let me ask you, when it finally comes to pass that the show uh, inducts you, uh, how can we tune in, those of us who won't be in, in Nashville? Because the, it, the Grand Ole Opry is online every Saturday night, right? That's right. You can WSM, the radio station, is WSMonline.com. So you can go there. You can go to Opry.com, and I think they give you a lineup um, of who and when's on. There is also now, the Grand Ole Opry has its own uh, TV network called Circle TV or CirclePlus.com, I think that is. So I would mm-hmm. imagine, cause, because my invitation was broadcast on the TV part of the Opry, on Circle TV. So I would think it'll be on Circle TV if you have, uh, if you have that. Uh, but for sure, it'll be live on WSM, and that's WSMonline.com. So um, just, and if you go to RhondaVincent.com, believe me, I'm going to be posting the very second that I know we're having the induction. When we reschedule that, I will post that on my website at RhondaVincent.com, and, and you'll know to, to tune in at that time or get a ticket and come on to Nashville. Have you already planned what you'll be wearing that night? You know, I... I had told someone, if I had known that I was going to be invited, I would have saved the dress that I wore that night. I had no idea because that would have been my favorite dress to be. And you know what? I guess I wouldn't want to wear the same one. Um, I do know that I have these shoes that, well, I wore them on the night I was, I was invited. And I love those shoes so much that I think I will probably plan my dress around the shoes and and thinking at some point maybe they will be in the bluegrass museum i'll get to put whatever that dress and whatever those shoes are ah good planning well Rhonda, we'll be watching we'll be listening and you know we'll be following you in your long career and uh just let us let me tell you how much i admire you and your work ethic and your music and everything about you. You're one wonderful queen of bluegrass. Oh, baby, I love you, and I thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Thank you. That was Rhonda Vincent talking with Katie Daly. You can keep tabs on Rhonda on the Internet by going to her website, www.rondavincent.com. Bluegrass Stories is hosted on SoundCloud.com and can be streamed on SoundCloud, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and katydaily.com. As always, thanks for listening to Bluegrass Stories. Mm-hmm.